0: Hi, I'm Dan Boyd.
1: I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools.
0: We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools for for Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, welcome everybody. Today we're talking about the joy of penance. Woohoo! What a joy it is. Isn't
0: it great to... Give up caffeine during Lent and start crying in the midst of a meeting with your co-workers because your head hurts so much. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Um Isn't it fantastic when you choose to sleep on the floor and then only sleep two hours and are a pain in the butt the whole next three days?
0: Absolutely. To everybody else. <laughs> That's a penance for other people.
1: Yes. No. No. Um, so we're going to talk about what Penance actually is. Yeah.
0: So we're in the midst of, of Lent here. We're kind of at like, this is this is Mirkwood in The Hobbit when Bilbo climbs to the tree and can't see <laughs> anything else. It's like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to eat chocolate again. I'm never going to drink coffee again. <laughs> I'm never going to watch Netflix again.
1: I'm so glad you made that analogy. That is so great.
0: It works for so many things. I used it. actually Of all things, I have a professor at... For my, my doctorate, who is an English, was an English professor. Okay. And I made it to her thinking, surely English teacher has to know this.
1: Yeah. Completely, blank stare? Yeah, blank stare. Oh, like, man. Oh. How disappointing. I know.
0: Wonderful person, but...
1: No, but yeah, he gets someone to the top of the tree and he's like, which direction do I go where, how soon are we going to be out of this? And he did not see anything except he, more trees. Yeah,
0: because he's in a valley, so... <laughs> <laughs> up and up and up. Um, so we want to talk about what the church says about penance, what it is, what it ain't. And we're going to start with something called the precepts of the church. So this actually, I didn't know what the precepts of the church were until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, And a priest reminded me one time. So this is Catechism of the Catholic Church. Paragraph 2041. I love that there's paragraphs in the catechism. It makes it so easy to find things.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: It's not even just a page number. They tell you exactly where on the page to find it.
1: Yeah, it's very useful.
0: So in this page, it's halfway down. The precepts
1: in this publication.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have a different publication. Um, The precepts of the church are set in the context of a moral life bound to and nourished by liturgical life. So I'll pause there. Moral life that is meant to nourish the liturgical life, meaning like what we do in life helps us worship well. The obligatory character... Wait, 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 wait.
1: Before we move on from that, helps us worship well, which is the entire meaning of our creation.
0: Exactly. Yeah, We are made for God to be in relationship with God, praising him. And so being good makes that easier for us. Um, the obligatory character of these positive laws, the precepts, decreed by the pastoral authorities is meant to guarantee to the faithful, that's us, the very necessary minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort in the growth and love of God and neighbor. So this is the church saying, like, everybody, pay attention. If you want the bare minimum to have, to live a good <laughs> life, like you just want to squeak through, yeah. do these five things. I don't even want to tell you what they are because I hope you go look them up. Paragraph 2041. Um, but the very minimum... To have a spirit of prayer, sufficient moral effort, to grow in the love of God and neighbor.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. like Wait, that's, say I,
1: those three things one more time.
0: So the precepts are the very minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort, in the growth in the love of God and neighbor. So if we want to pray better, if we want to be good and mm-hmm. put forth yeah. a good moral Morality. effort, yeah. and have a good relationship with God and neighbor... We do these things. And that's the minimum. Hopefully, like...
1: Our church is so cool.
0: Yeah, it really is. Like, laws schmaws. Like, I like when I'm told what to do. Because it (laughs) makes it easier to do the right thing. And it's
1: not like... It's not like the book of uh, Deuteronomy or Leviticus or whatever. It's... These are five things. Yeah. Five precepts.
0: They fit on a page. Like, that's not hard. Like Deuteronomy, like, fills a whole book. Mm -hmm. This is five paragraphs. I love it. So... The fourth precept, the fourth precept, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church ensures the times and ascesis and pen, I'm sorry, ensures the times of ascesis and penance, which prepare us for the liturgical feast and to help us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. So okay. just in that case. That was a lot. Yeah. Just in case you <laughs> don't have a dictionary handy to look up times of ascesis. What the church means by that is the designated times meant for basically fasting and abstinence um, and gaining uh, mastery over ourselves, emptying ourselves out so that the Lord can fill us. Um, and that kind of flows very well into what penance isn't. And so it isn't beating yourself or self-flagellation right, right. Um, or doing weird things like if for those of you who remember Dan Brown's uh, Da Vinci Code, the like I didn't the, actually ever read it. Okay, the monk there was an albino monk who okay. was a member of Opus Dei, and he wore a kind of like a belt around his thigh that he would tighten, and it would it would cut into his leg and cause a little mm. bit of pain. So it was mm. yeah um, bizarre. Um, it's not penance is not earning your salvation. We, we do not say that by giving up chocolate during Lent you earn your spot in heaven. Like that is only done yeah. through through mm-hmm. what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> it's not something to be prideful of, to like, to boast and be happy that like, you managed to not drink sweet tea all of Lent. Like, good for you. That's a that's a really lame accomplishment. Like, I'm feeling snarky right now. Once we got started on the snark, it just keeps rolling. But um, and it shouldn't necessarily like it. It could be accidentally, but it shouldn't be a penance for others. Like, I had a friend. God bless her. She chose to park at the farthest parking spot away from every building she ever went to. Problem is. You just chose a penance for your family, like that's not in the spirit of charity. Like charity is is the rule of life. We're so supposed mm-hmm. to love others. Don't make people walk half a mile. We yeah. I mean, drop them off if you if you're insistent about it. Drop them off at the door and go meet them there. Yeah. Um, at least it's not too hot in Florida yet. But
1: <laughs> so,
0: um...
1: yeah. well, and the something to be prideful for. There's another aspect of that of like, look at how good. This stuff is like, cause you mentioned, um, <clears throat> giving up sweet tea. Yay. You, you did it. But then I feel like on the other flip side of that, I previously have been led to, well, that's not enough. I have to do all these five other things right. in order for it to be good enough.
0: Yeah. Like, you and have that's
1: to... another sense of pride.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like God is only happy if you, if you like, really, really suffer. And I mean, for instance, I gave up coffee Mm -hmm. or all forms of caffeine. And it was hard for three days and it was difficult for two days. And then since then, it has not been an issue at all. But I still, like I, I would like to have coffee, but I'm not, I'm not like dying in headaches over it. Um, But I don't need to add anything to that. Like the goal is not to to play this game of constantly one-upping yourself, mm-hmm. but it's to I mean, right here um, prepares for the liturgical feasts. Help us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of develop freedom of heart. Um, so I guess I'll I'll, I'll backpedal just slightly, and okay. that's, I'd say like there are definitely times when I felt the Lord saying like No, I want you to do more, really mm-hmm. with prayer. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This yeah, was yeah. you're not praying enough. I want you to pray more during Lent. Definitely. Um And that's. This really, this is, um, I would say choosing one thing to give up and then just thinking that satisfies your obligation, that's perfunctory. And that's not, it's following this, the letter of the law, not the spirit. When in reality, like we, we should be asking the Lord, like, Lord, where, like, where are you calling me? What do you want me to do? And, mm-hmm. and, and discerning that according to our conscience. And
1: then it could be that the Lord is actually asking less of you than what yeah. you anticipated. Right. Or it could be that he's asking you for something totally different. Or more,
0: yeah. Like if you thought he was asking you to give up six hours of sleep, and your family is is crying to you to sleep more because you're <laughs> difficult to get along with, yeah, the Lord's probably asking you to do something different. Um, so the three phrases we want to focus on, and these like this is really why like I I'm excited about this because I'm thinking the joy of penance is real. That's not it's not an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, it well, sounds like it though.
0: Yeah, um, but it. So, it prepares us for the liturgical feasts. It helps us acquire mastery over our instincts and helps us develop freedom of heart. And I want all of those things, like, deeply. I don't yeah. like, not, you know, if somebody's like, hey, do you kind of want these things? Like, I kind <laughs> of want another pencil. Like, if you gave it to me, I wouldn't turn it down. But I really want to enter in and really celebrate liturgical feasts well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with mastery of self. Like, I don't. I, I would really like to be able to like, not spend 20 minutes in the shower because I like hot water. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be nice to be able to get out in, in, in like six minutes. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I just want to stay in there. Um, yeah. And the same thing with freedom of heart. So let's start with preparation for liturgical feasts. Um,
1: yeah. Um, it's It's so neat that it's saying... That this time of penance, any time of penance in the church, is meant to prepare us to enter into the feast. Yeah. Um. Because ultimately, that means it's preparing us for heaven, right? But it's also like get ready for the party.
0: Exactly. Like <laughs> this is this is why it's exciting.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't want to be the life of the party? Yeah. You know. Uh, and but yes, we're talking about a liturgical feast here, so <laughs> that could be deceiving. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, it's talking about being able to enter in well into a feast.
0: Right. And that's, um, I think in it, part of the, the poverty of American culture is now our liturgical feasts are separated from like actual feasts and actual parties. And there's no, there's no great cultural celebration. I mean, with, you see a little bit with Christmas and a little bit with Easter, but
1: every Sunday.
0: Yeah. Every, every Sunday is a liturgical feast. Yeah. And. That, I mean those like the high feasts in the church were times that people would gather together for for really mm. big parties. I mean the, like the the huge processions and the big feasts mm-hmm. and, and whatnot um, for patron saints and um, I mean that really the church is asking us. They're saying like do penance so that you can have fun at the end. Like yeah, because like if you eat enough lobster, it'll taste like soap. If you are always <laughs> if you're always like reveling, you don't. You, like you it loses its its zest mm-hmm. um, becomes salt that's lost its taste mm-hmm. um, and a, this is why it's really really true to say there is no Easter without Good Friday mm-hmm. um, and it's um, I kind of I think of it like you hear about a party and you show up at someone's house or you show up at this banquet hall yeah and you missed the first half of it and you don't know why they're there you don't know who they're celebrating
1: You don't even know who the host is.
0: Yeah. But you're just like, you walk in, you start eating and drinking and being, being a goofball and dancing and maybe shouting. It it makes no sense. Like it's, it's an incongruous image that I think everybody will, will see. Like, yeah, no, no, that like you wouldn't you wouldn't even be there. Well, if we show up to the liturgical celebration, we're like, yawn, when's this over? I want to go like get to my Easter basket. Um, which I do. I mean, I'm guilty of that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, the, we're the person who showed up at a party and, and didn't realize why we're there. Like the, the whole purpose of it.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking of like a hypothetical right here. So like to, to draw your point out a little bit. Um, like let's say I'm throwing a birthday party and we're all out at a resta- restaurant. Restaurant, We're lively and happy and everything. Um, and someone wants to join in on this. Yeah. Because they see how much fun we're having. The first question they're going to ask is... What are you guys doing here? It looks like you guys are having fun. Like the first question they're going to ask is, what is the cause of this? And the answer is going to be, it's Gimme's birthday. You know, come celebrate with us. And so they enter into the fun and the liveliness because of the purpose of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They're like, they get on board with the whole logic of the, the festivity and the whole logic of Easter is we sinned against God and broke our relationship with him and that's at least cause for like to take a second and and realize wow that like that was a horrible mistake mm-hmm. and Jesus died as a result of it and to um to act to just kind of waltz through Lent and right up to Easter would be, would be it's like walking late into a birthday party and acting like you belong when you don't know the purpose of the celebration yeah um, and I just I love the the rhythm of the liturgical calendar and the what the church yeah. gives us and that it um, they really it's almost like they're coaching us and helping us to stir up the proper emotion and proper movement of the liturgical season. So in in Advent, we wait and we we get this not not an anxiety in the sense of stressful, but we were we're anxious for the Savior to come. Mm. Um, and again, we think about our need for a Savior. And then around Easter, Lent, we do the same thing. We think about our need for a Savior. Um, and then He comes and we like we mourn, and then we feast when He's risen. And it's almost like we get to enter, we get to replicate what the first disciples, what the, what the Jews were waiting for, mm-hmm. what the disciples experienced, what the Blessed Mother experienced with... Um, with losing her son and the only to, to see him again on the third day, resurrected from the dead. Mm. Um, so they, when we really enter into the liturgical seasons, it's the, the church holding our hand to walk us through the history and the mystery of the faith.
1: That makes a lot of sense.
0: It made sense in my head, at least.
1: <laughs> well, and then the second part of that that you read from the catechism is... Self-mastery.
0: Yeah.
1: That second phrase that we were going to talk about. So when, as soon as I heard that, I thought immediately of Theology of the Body because of how much that ultimately is a call to master the self.
0: To be able to make a gift of yourself to others.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and how much that is pretty much a whole point of our life on Earth. Like yeah. That that is such a huge part of our struggle. Mm-hmm. And the reality of life. Um, And so as soon as you said that, I thought thought of fasting and how, like, if only Eve had fasted. Yeah. If only she had just fasted from that fruit in the garden.
0: We'd be straight.
1: And had self-mastery in that moment. How much would have things changed?
0: Yeah. And that's the, I think if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, there's a ton of ways in which my instincts have mastery over me and i I mean the shower example that i used Mm -hmm. i I, you know like the comfort and the warmth um it's a snooze button for me yeah absolutely i gotta tell you for me (laughs) too yeah i do that first um and i mean there's we know the right thing to do is to get out of bed but we our Mm -hmm. instincts are stronger than us and our those those little like for me i like to call it think of them as like weaknesses they're my Mm -hmm. weaknesses are stronger than me Mm. um and, oh,
1: that's an interesting phrase. Yeah. <laughs> My weaknesses are stronger than me.
0: Um, but I I'd like to to go through life and not not be dominated by by those instincts, the instincts to to eat more and to sleep more and to be warm and to rest. Because there's more to life than that. And sometimes we we're, we're, we're asked to not sometimes like daily we're asked to go outside of that. So that we can be Christ to other people,
1: and I want—I want more than just that. Yeah, you know, I don't want to just be relying on those instinctual things. I want to get to the higher point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. the The next one on there is freedom of heart, mm. um, and I immediately thought of the Beatitude: "Blessed are the pure of heart, um, for they shall see God." Mm-hmm. And both in the sense of the, like chastity, purity, but also. Um, not being owned by things by desires Mm -hmm. and having the um the freedom to really give god your whole life to love others without without thinking what you're going to get in return um the whole i think freedom of heart almost that to me it stirs up a sense of hope and excitement in me to think like wow i can i can be that way i cannot be Mm. um I cannot make decisions based on like, well, what if I like, Oh, I don't want to kneel right now. Cause I don't want to ruin my, my suit pants or, um, like, yeah, I can leave my, when I go on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic, I can leave my shoes there because mm-hmm. I don't need these to be happy. And they need them just to walk and not get, get blisters. I'm hanging on to them because I think they make me happy. Um, and I don't, I don't want to be, to be governed by those things. I want that freedom of heart, uh, to turn to the Lord and say like, yes, you could like everything I have is yours.
1: Yeah. Because ultimately it becomes a slavery to the things rather than the freedom. Yeah. Of gift.
0: And this, um, all of these things kind of, they're at least tied into the idea of reparation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to also want to read.
1: Oh, this is good.
0: From the Catechism on Reparation. So this is in the glossary. Reparation is making amends for a wrong done or for an offense, especially for sin, which is an offense against God. By his death on on the cross, the Son of God offered his life out of love for the Father to make reparation for our sinful obedience. We are obliged to make reparation for personal sins against justice and truth, either through restitution of stolen goods or correcting the harm done to the other's good name. And the, I think what we, what we see parents do with children illustrates this perfectly. And that when a child breaks a window, when a child breaks a lamp, they don't have the money to fix it, Right. right. but they they probably don't. And by doing the extra chores, that doesn't magically generate money. The parent (laughs) still has to pay for it and they get no benefit. Probably it, it takes longer to coach a five-year-old yes. on vacuuming the floor. you just like let me do it myself you're taking too long um but the goal is recognizing like you a reparation has the word repair in it mm-hmm. like you break something you do your best to fix it mm-hmm. um and to this comes down to our sinfulness like we have we've damaged our relationship with god and if we were to think like i can I can be forgiven and I don't ever have to acknowledge the fact that i I damaged my relationship with God and lots of other people to me it would be like if somebody somebody drives their car through the front window of your house and they get out and they say "I'm so sorry and then, and then they, they walk leave away leave
1: their car like, there. <laughs>
0: You broke my house, and you left your car here. Like the least you could do is clean, clean up the broken glass. Yeah. Like this is your fault. You did something. Yeah. Um, and it's we all recognize it would be, it would be unjust if someone did that to us. The reality is, it's unjust if we don't make an attempt to fix our own, uh, our own messes and, and clean up after our sins after we make them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, I mean, the church is is reminding us. Like, this is what humans do. This is what it means to be, like, a a man or a woman of God.
1: A good human.
0: Yeah.
1: And what's beautiful about this is, frequently, when I think of penance, what I think about is just, like, sacrament of reconciliation, we're given a penance at the end. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, pray three Hail Marys. Yeah. And it seems, like, totally unrelated to whatever sins I've just confessed. Right. But... Um, or it could be someone who's, you know, taking penance a different route and making the penance related to the sins that you've confessed. Yeah. But either way, that is an opportunity the church is giving you to make that reparation. Yeah. And, um, just like that little boy not being able to fix the window, <laughs> we really can't fix all the harm of our sins. No. You know, it's impossible. Not even close, yeah. And so... Luckily, Jesus did it for us, yeah, one, and two, then he invites us into this act of making penance so that we can enter into that mm-hmm. with him,
0: yeah, it's like god God gives us a handout. And he's like, yeah, what you're doing doesn't make it like it it's not even close, but I love you, and, and this is what i'm like this is what I'm inviting you to do to learn mm-hmm. um, and then so. The three things that the church gives us for this are, I mean, what the, are the themes of Lent? Prayer, mm-hmm. fasting, and almsgiving. Um, and they they seem really to correspond to master of self, preparation for the liturgical feasts, and freedom of heart. Yeah. Um, sort of fasting, abstain from the things that uh, that you love the most, that kind of control your desires and your appetites.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and That's it, learning self-mastery. Definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and in doing so, hopefully you save money and then you have that money to give to the poor. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, again, self-mastery, like, is there anything that people hold on to more tightly than money? Mm. Um, yeah. And learning to give that up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and those two things really prepare us for the, the feast. They prepare us for Easter. Like, we when we fast, when we give alms, mm-hmm. we don't fill ourselves with material things. We don't try to say, like, I'm going to make me happy by <laughs> having a milkshake. Um, but saying like, Lord, now I haven't tried to satisfy the desires of my heart with a milkshake. Please come in and through prayer, then we ask him to satisfy our, our, mm-hmm. our heart. Um,
1: and that's where the freedom of heart comes in.
0: Yeah. And that we, we can begin to, to say like, I, all of these things that hold me down, all of the, the things that own a piece of my heart, take them away. The you know whether the chocolate, the caffeine, the milkshakes, the Chick Fil A, the sweet tea. <laughs> um, like, Lord, I give them. I give them to you, mm-hmm. and I want you instead.
1: So, in that sense, that's why we titled this "The Joy of Penance." Because what greater joy than being able to feast well?
0: Exactly. Be free. Yeah, that's I mean, and obtain
1: self mastery.
0: It's the the whole point of. Uh, penance and, and fasting and prayer and abstinence and, and reparation feasting well because the the drunk who can't say no to the second to the next drink doesn't actually enjoy himself but it's the person who perhaps hasn't tasted wine in a year that really appreciates and what it is. that yeah. that
1: one glass absolutely or that you know <laughs> i think it
0: was it was either thoreau or emerson that said um, you know the value of water when the well
1: runs dry. Oh my gosh, that strikes a chord from yeah. my mission to Haiti. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I valued water so much. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> were you got to carry it on your head?
1: No, we didn't. We okay. did it. No, but we uh, we were, were very limited in in our water and, and just seeing the needs of the people. I was just so grateful um, coming back and. I remember it was so surreal for me because I was sitting at dinner with my parents. Um, they had picked me up for, at the airport and took me out to eat right after coming back from Haiti. Like I hadn't even showered yet, so I still smelled um, like Haiti, like the mission yeah. the territory that I was in. And um, <laughs> and we sat down, and I'm given this huge bowl of food and this water glass that they keep refilling, and it was just this like this is my normal.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: so not normal for these people, this whole country, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, without, without recognizing (laughs) without my, my own Haiti experience, I can't recognize the feasting and the reality of that when it comes to me.
0: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's a great, I never thought about that. It's a great example. Good spot to end on.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. We hope you're having a blessed Lenten season.
0: And that you enjoy your penance.
1: <laughs> yes, let's pray for that.
0: Amen. All right, Bye, everybody. Until we'll then. be with you next time.
1: Yep. See ya.